I was thinking about this message called All In. And I thought it was interesting that I could say something like, hey, you should go all in. And you would think that if I said you should go all out, it would be the opposite. But really, all in and all out kind of mean the same thing. So I could actually say to someone, hey, let's be all in and go all out. Isn't that weird? Does that, maybe that's not weird to anyone else. Maybe it was just me. I just thought it was funny. So this is what we're going to do. Can you find three people around you and say, let's go all in and, or let's be all in and let's go all out. Let's be all in and let's go all out. All right. If you're taking notes today, all right, if you're taking notes, which I would highly encourage, you know, statistically, if you don't take notes, you're going to forget about 90% of what I say which is real encouraging for us pastors. But if you're taking notes, right at the top of it, if you're taking notes, right at the top, all in. All in. Last week, Pastor Daniel was finishing our series called I Will Fight. We've been talking about I Will Fight. And he mentioned a verse that kind of hit me when he said it. So I wanted to continue kind of going off from what he talked about last night, but with a little, or last week, but with a little different spin. Revelations 3, 15 through 17 says this. It says, I know all the things you do, that you are either hot, you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm, Water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have everything I want, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. God's looking at a church right here, and this is in a letter that's written to a church, and it's Revelation, it's in the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's kind of talking in a future tense, but... God is saying, I look at you to this church. He's saying, I look at you and I see that you are either neither hot nor cold. And then God makes a statement that kind of boggles the mind if you think about it. It says, I wish you were either one or the other. Let's stop and think about that for a second. God's saying, I wish that you were cold rather than lukewarm. Most of us would hear something like that and we'd be like, why does God say that? Why, why would God rather us be cold than lukewarm? I went, because I do this, I looked up what the definition of lukewarm is, and it actually had some cool things to say. The first one, obviously it's an adjective, it's descriptive. The first one, talking about liquids, means moderately warm, tempid. tempid. Basically, it's a little bit warmer than room temperature. Have you guys ever had hot cocoa that's been sitting out too long? Hot cocoa that's sitting out too long is the worst. I love chocolate milk. I love chocolate that's cold. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoy hot chocolate, just as long as it doesn't burn my mouth. But lukewarm temp- temperature hot cocoa, is, it's kind of nasty. And God's looking at this church and he's saying, I wish you weren't lukewarm. If There's another definition that I thought was really awesome. It was talking about an attitude or an action. And it says unenthusiastic. How many of you guys have ever met somebody that's unenthusiastic? Have you guys ever been on a sports team and there's someone there that's unenthusiastic? Like basically it's, it's kind of one of the most annoying things when you're out there and you want to win and you're on a team 
and the person that you're playing with is unenthusiastic. I was thinking about this. How many of you guys have cats? Cats are unenthusiastic. All a cat does is lay there and do nothing. Pretty much, pretty much, it seems like the cat's just sitting there saying, I wish you weren't here, stop bothering me. That's what most cats seem to be doing. To me, yeah, my dog, my dog, when I go home, it gets excited, it runs around, it jumps up on my lap. I go, I had a cat growing up. I came home and the thing walked out of the room that I walked into. It was very, it was very unenthusiastic about me. It was just blah, kind of there, had no real purpose. It might have been the fact that I terrorized the cat. I don't know. Um, <laughs> side note, uh, if you have a cat and a laundry basket, you can do a cool experiment. You can stick the cat in the laundry basket, hold it and twirl it like this, and then let it go. Uh, and then you and your brothers and sisters bet what it's going to walk into. Kitchen table leg is really good. Um, maybe that's why my cat was, uh, maybe that's why my cat was unenthusiastic about me. Maybe that's actually why it left the room. It was running and hiding. Um, but God looks, God looks at people and He says, "I wish that you were either hot or cold and not sitting in the middle." How many of you guys have ever tried to hang out on a fence for a long time? Fences are hard to hang out. You, she's like, I can't believe I have to raise my hand for this. Uh, fences hurt after a while. They're hard to stay up on. And what happens is you kind of get hurt when you stay up on there long enough. But God is saying, I wish that you were either one or the other. And I was sitting there and I'm thinking, God, why do you say that you wish we were either hot or cold? Why can't we just be right in the middle? And God kind of brought up to my memory the fact of if you're sitting in the middle, if you're not all in, and if you're not all, I mean, if you're, not, if you're not all in and you're not completely out of the picture, you're kind of in the middle, the person you're fooling is yourself. Growing up, coming here, I got saved when I was 16. You guys know this. What I noticed too, most when I got saved and then I went off to college is some of the most miserable people in the world are ones who know the Bible yet aren't living for it. They're the people that go to church and they hear the word, but they don't put it into practice. And they're the most miserable people because they know how to, they know how to live a life the way God designed it to you. They know how to live a blessed life, but they decide not to do it. They don't want to put in the effort. You see, so many people want the Christian life to be easy. The Christian life isn't to be easy. The Christian life is actually harder than any other. You want it easy go out and kind of do whatever, but if you want to live the right life, it's going to be difficult. Jesus says people are going to hate you because of me. People are going to hate you. That's not like people aren't going to like you. That's people are going to hate you. We got it pretty comfortable here in West Michigan. I mean, we got it pretty comfortable, but in some countries, if you, if you say you're, you follow Christ, you could be killed right there. There are people that have to live in underground churches or go to underground churches because of their faith. God says, I wish you were either hot or cold because if you were either hot or cold, you wouldn't be fooling yourselves. But one of the saddest things to me is how many of us don't allow what happens inside this room to affect us outside. 
They don't allow what we talk about inside here. They don't allow their Christianity to be anything more than simply crossing off a checklist that says, I sat in a chair inside the ground floor, or I sat in a pew inside the worship center, or I sat in any church. I mean, I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about everywhere. See, God wants our relationship with him to be primary not only on Sunday and not only on Wednesday, but every day. So if you want to be all in, it means that what you, we talk about here has to affect tomorrow and the next day. God wants us to be all in. And I've seen it over and over again where people just miss it. People just miss it. I think Pastor Daniel last week, Wednesday, shared the story of when he went over to Australia and he was talking to someone and the person was like, you mean, the person said to Pastor Daniel something to the effect of, you mean God wants us actually to live this way? I've got a challenge for you guys this week. Be all in. How many, how many of you guys play sports? Anyone play football specifically? Any football players? A couple of you. Uh, how many of you are in eighth, going into eighth grade? Anyone going into eighth grade? Dustin, uh, you could probably use that. Um, anyways, when I was in eighth grade, when I was in eighth grade, I played football. I played football because I really wanted to finally talk my parents into it. And because I wasn't all in, something really bad happened. It was halfway through the season. I had started every game offense and defense. I was a tight end on offense, and I was a free safety on defense. I love free safety position because it's like, hey, go steal the ball or hit somebody. I was small, though, so that didn't help much. But anyways, uh, I played football, and I started every game offense and defense, and then came up, we're playing. It's the fifth game of a 10-game season, and we're losing bad. I mean, we lost bad all the time. I don't even think we actually won a game. Uh, that's a different story. So we're playing football, fifth game of the season. Halfway through the game, We've gone through, and we, it's third down, and we don't get a first down, so what do you got to do? You got to punt it, right? So coach calls in for the punt. On the punt, I play tight end, special teams, so I'm in there, and I'm on the right side of the line, so we all, we all kind of line up, and it's like an arch, and they're going to hike it, and the person's going to punt it, and you kind of get down like this, and, you know, the ball goes out, and they teach you. When you're, when, you're, when you're on the end, you aren't supposed to run straight, not right up the field, but instead you're supposed to kind of curl out to the outside and then come in and attack the ball. This is so, this is so they can't flank you and, and, and score around you, so you kind of spread out. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do exactly that. So I get in, and, and we're lined up, and, and the ball gets hiked, and I'm, I'm running out like this, and I run out, and the ball's kicked to the other side of the field. So the guy catches it way over there. I'm like, sweet, I'm running out, but I'm still going to keep doing my route. And I'm doing my route, and I come up, and there's the guy with the ball, and then there's two players on my team. Two players on my team. And they come up, and, and I'm coming around them, and they hit them. And what happens is this. You see, I wasn't all in. I was, I was hesitant because I was unenthusiastic, right? I was unenthusiastic. I was lukewarm about the play because, frankly, I was small. I was really small when I was in when I was in eighth and ninth and tenth grade. So so what I did is I did one of these. Have you guys ever done this when something's happening and you hesitate? 
So like stop for a second and I kind of take like, a, so instead of like running up and, you know, just like, you know, tackling them, you know, being like the really strong dude, uh, I hesitate and I just kind of like s- slow down for a second and what happened in that exact split second that I hesitated is the two guys on my team grab the guy and throw him like this and I'm right over there and then I kind of, I hesitate like this and I move back and the three guys landed right here. And legs are meant to, to bend this way but my leg was forced and my knee was forced to the ground and I ended up, the guy, what kind of a medical guy does this? Hey, see if you could put some weight on it. So he, I'm like crying. No, I wasn't crying. I was being tough. Uh, but I wasn't crying until he told me to do this. He, they got me up and he's like, see if you could put some weight on it. It was just like right down. I was like, nope, can't put, some, can't put any weight on it. So, you know, they do the whole like pick me up, put me in the car, drive me to the hospital take x-rays, figure out I broke my bone on this side of my knee and on this side and, and all this stuff. And looking back on it, do you know, do you want to know how many times I, because it's still at times in Jesus name, it's healed and it's strong, but every once in a while, like it, it'll kind of get achy or whatever, but it's, it's healed and it's strong and it's getting stronger. But do you know how many times I've had the thought, man, I wish I didn't hesitate. I wish I could go back to that moment and just hit them as hard as I could. Because if I'd have hit them, I wouldn't have spent four months in a cast and in braces. Because you see, what happened is I was so short, I hadn't hit my growth spurt yet. I was so short. The doctor looked at me, and with all seriousness, he said, if this does not heal right, your leg will not grow. Then he followed it with the words, don't put weight on it. And for... I think two months, it was absolutely no weight in a straight cast, two months. I remember I went to, the first day I went back to school, I took about a week off before I actually got back into school. And I remember the first day I walked into the bathroom and someone had gone in the bathroom before me. You know how you like wash your hands and the towel rack's always on the farthest side of the bathroom. So what do you do? You got, you got these wet hands, you know, and you're going across the bathroom floor. You know this because he went to, we went to school together. We're, we're buds. Uh, anyways, they always put the towel rack on the opposite side. So the person, I'm assuming it was a person before me or whatever, they wash their hands and they go across with all these sopping wet, wet hands and they dry. And that's fine when you're wearing shoes. But when you got crutches, wet floors and bathrooms are not good at all. So I go in there and I remember the first day I'm in there, my crutch slips out and boom on that leg. I was like, oh. So then I had to call my parents and I had to go home and I had to rest. Anyways, weeks and weeks and weeks of recovery. When I took, when I've taken my cast off, my leg like had no muscle on it, you know. All because, you ready for this? I was lukewarm. All because I was unenthusiastic about that. See, my lack of enthusiasm about being in that football play made it so that I hesitated and then boom, something bad happened. See, we can either be, you ready for this? We can either be all in or we can be hurting. 
We could be all in or we can be hurting. And then when we're, when we're not all in, when we're not giving it all, when we're holding back, when we're restraining in our relationship with God, what happens is we begin to try to play defense. We begin to try to take our own actions. And what happens is it allows things in our life that will hurt us, that will destroy us. If you're taking notes, write down all in or hurting. All in or hurting. See, when Jesus lived, he had people all around him. When Jesus was preaching, he had people all around him that were only in it halfway. They were only in it halfway. See, they were in it. Most of the people were in it. If they were in it, they were in it, as in living for God on the outside. But on the inside, they were all messed up. They were all dirty. They were worried about what other people thought, but they weren't worried about what God thought. And Jesus had some things to say about this. Some pretty harsh things. So Jesus gets up, Sermon on the Mount. First sermon, they call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's really scientific while they do it. Jesus was standing on a mountain. So that's why they call it a Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read this right from the Bible for you. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. We're going to read through 27. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus is getting done with preaching this incredible message. He's talking about just mind-blowing things. He's raising the bar for the people around him, and this is what he says. He says, therefore, anyone who hears. So immediately Jesus starts us out, and everyone listening has his attention because obviously they've all heard him. So he says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So Jesus is saying anyone who does what's in the word is like a house that has the foundation deep in the bedrock. But then he says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. I mean, I can imagine what sitting here listening to this would be. This would be pretty big, because what Jesus did is Jesus was going through talking things like, you have heard it said, don't commit murder. But then Jesus rose the bar, he said, don't even hate. He looked at him, he said, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. Jesus raised the bar. He said, don't co- only not commit adultery, but he said, don't look at another with lust in your eyes. So Jesus has just taken the bar that was right here that obviously we, can all, we all fall short of. You gotta remember the Bible itself says that no one can meet the law. All have sinned and fallen short. So everybody there has messed up in their life. And then Jesus took and looked at him and said, we haven't even begun to think about how high the bar should be. So Jesus raises the bar and then he gets to the end of this. I can imagine these people are already all blown away. Like, are you kidding me? You're telling me I can't even be angry with somebody? If I'm driving my Bentley down the road and someone runs into me, I obviously they didn't have a Bentley If I'm driving my goat down the road and someone runs, 
I don't know. Stick with Bentley, okay. Think about it. How often do you guys get mad? If you're walking down your school and someone pushes you purposely into a locker, you're going to get a little angry, but Jesus looks at them and says, don't even be angry in your heart. So you got to remember, this is the setting. And then Jesus, to close his final message during his sermon is, those of you that hear this and do it, you're going to be able to withstand a storm. But those of you who have just heard these words and you choose purposely to ignore them, you're a foolish person who builds their house. I mean, I can imagine. I can imagine that that would probably, you, you would probably be angry when you heard that and thinking, how could he say that? But Jesus was talking to a bunch of people that we're used to being lukewarm. And Jesus wants us to be all in because he knows if we're all in, we're safe. But if we're not all in, we're going to be hurting. So he says there's two options. You can either build on the rock or you can build on the sand. You can either build the solid foundation that will last or you can build the one that's nice and easy and quick to build but it's not going to withstand the test of time. How many of you guys like going to Lake Michigan? Yeah, it's pretty fun, right? Uh, when you guys go there, do you look for the nearest cement concrete path to lay on? Why not? Let's think about this for a second. I mean, we could be real, right? Let's think about this. Let's think about what Jesus is saying. Jimmy Evans says it best. He says, when you lay down on the sand, it's nice and comfortable, right? It's nice and comfortable. How many of you guys like just beach towel? You know, you throw it out, you lay it down, you spread it out, you, you, you make sure you kick the sand off your feet and you step onto it and you lay down, right? Why do you do that? Because the sand is nice and comfortable. See, when you lay down, the sand nice fills the arch of your back and it goes around your shoulder blades and it will make room for your knees. You know, the sand, ready for this? The sand moves. See, you impact the sand. You change the sand. But let's think about a rock for a second. How many of you guys have been to a pool and you decide that you're going to lay on the concrete that's next to the pool? Have you guys ever done that? Put a towel down. Not nearly as comfortable, right? About three minutes after you lay down, your elbow's falling asleep. You can't feel your... Your, your foot anymore, and, you know, everything else is going wrong, right? Because of this, the concrete impacts you. See, when we lay down on the sand, we affect the sand. When we lay down on concrete, the concrete affects us. Now, let's think about this for a second. If we're going to build a house and we decide that we're going to build the house quickly and we just want to get it done, we're just going to do it easy. We don't want to put the money and invest the time and the energy. We're just going to take it, build a quick house. We're going to build it on the sand. We're not going to worry about it because that's nice and comfortable. But if we want to build a house that's going to withstand the test of time, if we're going to build a house that 20 years from now is still going to look good, then we got to make sure we put in effort in the beginning, right? Because the foundation is what brings strength to a building. The foundation is what brings strength. So Jesus is looking here and he says, if you, if you hear these words, 
And if you choose to ignore them, you're like the person that builds on the sand. But if you hear these words, if you hear these words and you choose to put them into practice, yes, you're going to fail. We're all going to fall short. But if you hear them and you put them into practice, Jesus says that storms of life are going to come. But when those storms come, you will stand. We have opportunities every day to choose whether we're going to build on the rock or if we're going to build on the sand. We have opportunities every day. But Jesus says, I want you to be all in. I don't want you to be lukewarm. I don't want you to, 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 to be apathetic or unenthusiastic. I want you to be all out. But Jesus still makes the same thing. He says, it would be better for you to be hot or cold than to be in the middle. Because the middle, you're only fooling yourself. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, a guy comes to Jesus and asks Jesus a simple question. He says, what do I have to do? Actually, he says, what's the greatest commandment? He says, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus looks at him and says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. If we choose to build our house on the rock, we will stand the storms. The same storm hits, we will stand. But if we choose to build our house on the sand, the only outcome will be disaster. This week, I was getting ready for today's message, and I decided that I would just get online and just look up some pictures of some people that decided not to invest the time into building on the rock. They decided that they were just going to build on the sand. You see, what happens is, just like Jesus said, when we build on the sand, when we don't take the time to build on the rock, and a storm hits, disaster is going to happen. So I got some pictures for you guys. I can imagine, uh, I can imagine going to sleep, honey, there's a thunderstorm coming, you know, waking up and half your house is dangling off the side. Uh, that would not be cool. Got a couple more for you guys. Here you go. Um, hey, honey, I decided to put in a swimming pool inside. Uh, this one blew me away. Half the house was built really well. The other half wasn't. Uh, half the house just fell off. I don't, I don't even really, you know. That one, I guess I'd wake up and say, hey, honey, I think we got to remodel the kitchen. <laughs> right? <laughs> I got a couple more for you guys. Ouch. This, this picture caught me right here. Do you guys see the view that that house has? That house was in a beautiful location. But someone did not take the time and invest the energy to build on a strong foundation. 
but instead decided to do it easy, decided to do what was comfortable. And one day, a storm hit. One day, the floodwaters rose and the wind beat against the house. And what Jesus say? The house fell. See, each and every day, we have opportunities. Each and every day, we're faced with moments when we could choose to either continue to build on the rock or switch and try to do it easy and build on the sand. We all have opportunities to to go all in, to go all out, or opportunities to do it easy. When Pastor Jimmy Evans mentioned that building on the sand is, is comfortable and easy, it struck me. Because I know there are moments in my life where I wish I would have taken time and taken effort and taken energy to invest into the solid foundation.